BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You're listening to Studio 22. Welcome to Studio 22. I'm Bronco Hearn. I'm here with my co-host, Will Meldman. And we're sitting here with the one and only Jeff Beecher. Jeff is a venture capitalist, the creator of Beecher's Madhouse, and you have Beecher's Media Group as well? Yeah, of course. Dude, busy man. Bit, very busy. How you been, man? It's been a while. What's up, guys? I'm Jeff Beecher. It's an honor and pleasure to be here with my dear friends. Love yeah. you guys. Yeah, man. Love you too. I was very excited. I get asked to be on thousands of podcasts, but this one, you know, jumped right at it. Dude. Got, to, got to come see Will's new crib also, you know? Yeah. What do you, th- what do you think? I mean, it, it's perfect. I, go- I, go- I didn't know the address. I Googled a perfect house in the hills and oh. it, it showed Will's address and house. So, you know. It makes sense. Uh, now everyone knows how to find you. <laughs> yeah, <there> you <laughs> man, that's awesome. Thanks for coming in, man. Uh, we know you're busy, so uh, kind of want to dive in and we want to figure out uh, what got you started. Where'd you get started in the, in the entertainment industry? Oof, where did I get started? I guess it all started back when I was like 11 years old and I was told I was adopted. That really like triggered a lot of crazy thoughts. Wow. And then, uh, you know, um, it actually did. It, that's like, that's like a lot of years of deep therapy. Yeah. You know, that's, no, I have no doubts, man. Yeah, it comes out there. Um, you know, I always wanted to be in entertainment, grew up on Long Island. It was like, uh, it was a bubble of like everyone's parents were doctors, teachers, you know, lawyers, or the really rich people you know, that created the toaster strudel or like some stupid thing, you know. And, uh, you know, so you had to be in like, where I grew up, it was like this cookie cutter. Everyone had to stay there and grow up and then grow up there and then do this certain thing. And I just didn't fit in with that. And when I was a kid in high school, I used to throw parties and I would throw parties at like you know, kids' houses and and make, like, a lot of money. Like, as a kid, making a couple grand a night, you know, that's, like, you know, 10 million for us these days, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. So I was doing that, and then I just I loved socializing, and then I, I took that to a whole other level, and I was promoting, you know, nightclubs in New York at, like, 16, 17, and just had a blast. And then, but I always promised myself that by 21, I, I wouldn't be in the, I'd want to be one of those 40-year-old nightclub owners, you know? And... 
I was doing so well with it at 21, I just stopped. Everyone's like, why are you stopping? I'm like, I just, I don't want to be a 40 year old. If I keep going, it's, it's too good. It's too, it's too, it's too much of a, of a drug. You know, it's like, it was so addicting, like mm. having fun and partying and, you know, everything that comes with it and running, you know, venues like that and nightclubs. And, you know, so I was like, all right, I'm out. And then uh, I didn't go to college, which is a fun fact. I went to one semester of college hmm. and I, I was in my marketing class and uh, I challenged the teacher. The teacher was, they was talking about doing getting press and sending out press releases. I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> and then the teacher's like, how do you know? I'm like, because I watch it. I watch it go down. I'm like, you got to have relationships and you got to do this and that. And the teacher didn't agree with me. And I'll leave out the real thing I said you would. But anyway, so, <laughs> and then, yeah, so they threw me out of class and I just quit. I was at a community college in Long Island called Nassau Community College. Wow. So, yeah, so it lasted about a semester and I quit. I did and, the same, actually. Yeah. yeah. I did one semester and then they gave me literally a list of jobs. And I always wanted to go into entertainment, a list of jobs. And, and I was like, well, let's see the best option. It was be a doctor, eight years of school, you make 150 grand a year. I was like, don't want to be a doctor don't want to spend eight years of my life trying to figure that out and 150 grand I'm gonna be in how much debt and whatever's gonna go on I just couldn't process it for someone who didn't have anything so I literally packed up that week dropped out and then just moved on to a buddy's couch and moved to LA that's yeah. awesome and here we are yeah so. no I didn't move on a, I didn't move to LA I had to pick a couple pit stops I went to Vegas first yeah so, oh yeah tell yeah. us about Vegas man Vegas was wild so I started a show called Beecher's Madhouse and for those of you that don't know I'm Jeff Beecher and I my my claim to fame amongst many of them is, is Beecher's Madhouse. And that was about 16 years of my life. I lived in hotels. I started it, it was in New York on Broadway. The third, I did two off-Broadway shows. The second show I ever did was a small venue um, on 76 and Broadway and it held 200 people. And the head of Madison Square Garden came and called me up and I thought it was a joke. And like that shows were on Saturdays, right? So the two shows on Saturdays, Monday, I get a call from the head of Madison Square Garden. At the time, his name is Joel Parisman. He's a great guy. I said, like, Jeff, Joel Parisman, you know, I run Radio City and I'd love to have you come do. We wanted to start doing comedy at, at the, the theater next to the garden, it's called now. But back then, it was called, I think it was called the Paramount. Hmm. And I was like, okay. And he's like, no one knows who you are. And, and they, everyone, my staff thinks I'm crazy, but. I think you can sell out. I'm like, I can't. I'll personally sell individually every one of those tickets. I know that many people. He's like, I know you will. He's like, so I go to his office and he's like, what do you need? I'm like, I need billboards all over the city. He's like, but you told me you're going to sell the tickets yourself. I'm like, no, I just need it for the, my ego, for my pictures, you know, <laughs> standing in front of the billboards. I have all these really cool pictures of like Beecher Live, which wasn't even the name of the show. And I just did it to like to have pictures in front of billboards around the world. That's great. So it was really cool. And then uh, we sold out, a great show. And then Right after that show, I booked the theater on Broadway every Saturday called The Supper Club. And it was just beautiful. It held 1,200 people. It was uh, it was really, really just this gorgeous, like you felt like you're walking into a theater that was 100 years old. And it was just like, and it was actually, and it was just refurbished every you know couple of years. And that's where we started doing comedy shows. So it was comedy with a DJ, with dancers, and one little person. And then we were hired to do the Grammys in 2002 and set up like a Beecher's Madhouse experience on the carpet of the viewing party next to the Grammys, which was at the Madison Square Garden and they were at the Paramount. And then we hired all these acts and thousands of acts showed up. And then now we have all like database of acts. So we're like, oh, let's invite them all to the show. It'll be fun having them run around. And then one of them snuck on stage 
His name is Leonard the Magnificent, who turned out to be, I don't know if you remember him, the, the, the sword swallower, always wore silver, the hula hoop guy yeah. from Beechers. So he was our one of our stars for, even when we do pop-ups now, we always use him, he's the best. But he snuck on stage, and I'm in the back of the room, I'll never forget, I was like sitting with a couple celebrities in New York and just schmoozing, and all of a sudden this guy goes on stage, and I'm like, what the hell? And I start running to the stage, and by the time I got to the stage, he had a full standing ovation and the room was going crazy and, and his performance was so unbelievable. Wow. Everyone's like, you're a genius. Where'd you find this guy? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I was like, how the hell did he, I'm like, the, and then he convinced everyone that I said to let him go on stage and he totally lied and like snuck his way on stage and it was wow. incredible and everyone loved it. So I was like, it's one way to do it. Yeah. I was like, wow. I'm like, this is really good. Maybe let's start doing some of these. It's called variety, you know, variety acts. Mm-hmm. So I started doing some of these vaudeville stuff. So, I started hiring more of the vaudeville and then the room got so crazy that the comedians couldn't even perform. And these are the best comedians in the world, like, you know, Jeff Ross and like all my best friends. And yeah. the room was just too nuts. So we had to stop doing comedy. And cause it was, it was, it was not that it was more fun. It just became easier and more of a party with the variety acts. And then we moved to Vegas um, a year later after we did every Saturday for about a year and a half on at the supper club. And then we went to the hard rock. And I got to work for the Morton family, which was incredible. And like, yeah. they put us, when I say us, the entire cast up in the hotel. And then that was crazy because there was like little people were like eating room service, like off trays outside people's rooms. Oh like it God. was uh, on top of the thousand uh, stories I can tell. It was just a wild time in Vegas, 2003 to 2008 at the Hard Rock. That was like- wow. The magic days, you know. I we had Matthew Morton on the other day. Oh, really? And yeah. we obviously we didn't make the connection about that, but like I'd love to get you two in a room also. And like, well, I mean, Matt at the time, I mean, he was, he must have you been know, young. Yeah, yeah, he was really young. He was yeah. he was a kid in his teen, early teens then. But yeah, yeah, Harry, rest in peace. You know, my best friend that passed away, his brother, and uh, you yeah. know, Harry literally, Harry, they made he's him and his dad are the main reason why I'm famous and I have everything. That I have today, you know, they they got behind me, they got behind the show, and and we killed it, in, you know, in return. We, you know, we did an incredible job for the Hard Rock, and but it was, you know, it was fun. That was the, the thing, you know, it was fun. Like you woke up every day, you woke up, and I loved waking up. I loved getting ready to go to work. I loved creating and filling the room and doing all the things. You know, I started out as doing stand up, and when I started producing these shows, I quickly turned to producing and emceeing the show because it was more fun to me than doing stand-up because stand-up would take five years, six years, seven years till you really hone, you know, your, your voice and get used to being on stage. Sure. When producing, I was just, it was a natural for me. I was, I was a natural born, you know, producer, take a hundred checks on a checklist and make it all happen at once, you know, yeah. marketing, promoting, creating, getting the right people in the room, you know, putting all the right people together, making sure everyone has fun, taking care of everyone, you know, making sure that everyone can trust the environment and it's a safe environment, even though there's a thousand people in the room, sometimes 4,000 people in the room, depending on where we were doing it. Yeah. And and I did that for, you know, 20 years. Wow. I mean, that's a skill set. straight years yeah. of doing it. But the, the last four has been pop-ups. Like, you know, we did uh, Katy Perry's New Year's, for example, at the Resort World when she launched her show. We did uh, a private party for her after with the guys from The Box. And uh, that was really cool. I wasn't even there at Corona. Oh, wow. So I didn't even make it, but it was uh, Katy Perry themed. You know, we just produced it with like the performers and it was really cool. It was like the Beecher. I mean, you have the two best. I don't, I don't know if for 
for those of those for those people out there that don't know the box, the box, my creative director Randy Weiner, who co-created Beecher's Madhouse with me um, after I moved to Vegas, went and opened the box with Simon Hammerstein. Okay. So we have uh, we're all family and friends and love each other, and this was like the first time in all these years we worked together on something. It was really cool. It's awesome. Um, yeah. Speaking yeah. of uh, Resort World, I was going to ask if that was when you uh, were winning big over there, man. Well, no, I won, <laughs> obviously I won a bunch of times there. I've lost a bunch of times, but I won. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not a crazy gambler. Like, I've always gambled and I was always lost my whole entire life. And it was like God gave it all back to me in one like summer. It was really weird. It was the opening night of Resort World. And my buddy is the president, Scott Sabella. He's awesome. He's like, you know, he's a mentor to me. And, he was the president of the MGM when I was there and the Mirage. And he's just, he's, he's like one of the last of those type of like just amazing presidents in Vegas that like really get it to know how to do old school and new school and combine the both and run those massive, you know, six, 7,000, 8,000 hotel room properties. It's a, it's a, it's a skill set. And anyway, so, you know, I helped him do the opening and all my friends, you know, Paris got the DJ and, you know, we had a blast and we all came in and, at the same time, um, the guys from the box were doing the creative directing for Usher's show. It was like Usher came to the show, and I saw them too, and that's how we like we connected and did the thing with, for Katie. Cool. A little backstory there, but anyway, oh. um, that night I got really drunk, and for those of you that don't know me, I, I lost two hundred fifty pounds. One of my claim to fame is my health journey, and when I was doing Peter's Madhouse, my show it changed, you know, it was a, a 20 year cycle. So you had to reinvent yourself a lot and things change a lot. And the, the last version of the show, the last couple of years from like 2000, you know, 12, 13 to 16, I just became morbidly obese. Like I was always fat, but it became, you know, 350, 400, 440 pounds and it just got out of control. So I lost, you know, I stopped doing the show um, for a while and I started focusing on health and I got really healthy and, and, and the end result there was 250 pounds of loss. Yeah, yeah. So I, I still drink every once in a while, like, you know, once a month, once every two months. And, but I like plan it. It's like a, it's a big thing. Cause I know if I'm going to drink, I'm going to be a mess. And you're going to enjoy it. Right. And I can't just drink one glass of wine. So anyway, so that night, the opening result world, I got really drunk and Next morning I woke up and I was like, what the? And there was like a bag of cash and I called my casino host <laughs> and I was like, what happened? And he was like, he's like, I don't know, you won a lot. I'm like, I don't think so. Like there's a bag of cash next to me. I know it's got, let me count it. And I'm like, can you call and see how much I owe you guys? I'm like, I definitely owe you money because there's no way I can, one, not remember it. <laughs> and uh, and like, this is so embarrassing even talking about this, but I, I, I have this problem where I can't lie. So like I just have to, you ask the story, so I got to tell the truth. So anyway, he calls me back and he's like, um, I don't remember the exact number. So I had 250 and so it's 50, it's three, four. So it was like, I don't know, say it was 550. I don't remember the exact number, but say it was 550. He goes, you got 550 in the hole or something like that or in the bank. I go, I'm like, ah, oh, man, I owe you guys 550,000. He's like, no, no, we owe you 550,000. I'm like, what? well, there's 250 here. <laughs> so that would make it 800. He's like, yeah. And then like you gave Usher money. I'm like, I was gambling with Usher. We won money. We split it. Like I know it was like, it was the craziest thing. And there was like a crowd around us apparently. And like oh everyone cheering us on like a hundred deep. And I was like, whoa, this is nuts. So yeah, I ended up winning a lot of money that night. That was the biggest time I, most everyone ever. And then that happened through what I refer to as my roaring twenties, a series of four or five months of 
going to Vegas after being locked up. I had really bad OCD. Mm. And people understand, people, most people think the word OCD and they think, oh, you know, I wash my hands a lot and, you know, I'm really organized. But bad OCD is like Howard Hughes in the, in the movie Aviator with Leo DiCaprio. Like, yeah. that, I didn't, I wasn't peeing in cups, but it was pretty bad. There's different kinds of OCD. Yeah. 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 I locked my, myself in the house for three months. It's, it's a mental disorder, you know, and yeah. you got to beat it. And then I had to like focus on it and beat it. But I had bad OCD. So I was locked up for two years in my house and didn't go anywhere. Pretty much. No, I mean, especially with COVID, right? It's we all kind of respond and react differently, but there's, I mean, it was real. It was a very tangible reason of like why to isolate. Yeah. So so like, I I think it was maybe, I mean, I I didn't stay in that whole time, but the first part of COVID, I was cuckoo. So maybe it was that three or four months. Like I literally didn't leave the house. I was wearing hazmat suits. Like it was, it was, I was mentally ill. Like it was a, it was yeah. a problem. I mean, I spoke about that. I, I have a depression. I've grown up with depression, clinical depression. And, and I went into a deep dive, man, like lo- lost my health, lost my drive to do anything. Uh, completely depressing. I had to work myself out of that too, I think towards the end of it. And it's, it's fun. It's not easy, you know. Well, my doctor said he wanted to put me on. I think it was Prozac or something that you that goes with OCD. I don't know one mm-hmm. of those those pills. I'm like, doc, you know me. I don't want to do the pills, and it'll lead to others, and and I'll get off them. And he goes, well, then you got to work out. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you got to work out. You got to get endorphins, got pumping. You got to do two hours a day. So I worked out four hours a day every day. I lost sixty pounds, and I was the lightest that I've ever been. Wow. Right now, I'm about 15, 20 pounds higher than that. But um, that's like because. I had some recent medical issues, but I'll lose it again. Yeah, know, and I'll get hundred percent. And now, now I'm starting weight training, which I haven't done ever. I've always been doing cardio, so I'm, I'm, really, I'm really excited for that. I don't know if you could tell, but I'm a big fan of weight training. So uh, yeah, yeah. And this for those of you that don't know what he looks like, he's like, um, what superhero would you compare yourself to? Thor. It's got. I hear that. Yeah, I hear that a lot. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) literally, he's like, he's like that. He's like one of the Klitschko brothers. But it goes into for me also. You know, it's like your doctor saying to get you moving, get your endorphins going. For me, I didn't, I wasn't told that, but I knew from the feeling I got from working out was the only time I really felt healthy when I was young. So I would tell people, you can tell how depressed I am because the bigger I get, the more depressed I am um, at that time in my life until. I did end up yeah, getting healthy. Even you know? right now, like I'm trying to balance, you know, I have so much going on with work and I'm trying to balance and make sure that like, you know, I'm asleep by midnight every night and yeah. I'm up early working out, whether it's cardio or weights or but now it's gonna be a combination of and then I get that second workout in because that's where I've always fallen off. Every time everything's perfect, which it is right now, mm. my social life, it's like that's when things start getting screwed up. It's always been with my career, even like my career is going perfectly. Everything's perfect. And then I have a mental breakdown. Everything's perfect. Something goes wrong. And, you know, so it's like right now everything's great. So I'm like, I don't want anything to go wrong. Mm. So I really want to balance, which I always have a problem of doing. And I'm this now I'm really got it down to where I'm going to pull this one. I'll come back and talk to you guys in six months or a year. You'll be really proud of me. Dude, be like he did it. I can't wait to see. Worked out. He's got the abs. He's got the the pecs. He's got it all. Yeah, man. And his business is thriving. You know, we just launched a fund. Um, It was announced on TechCrunch uh, with the D'Amelio family. So you know, I put a lot of my money into it. So it's 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 you know a great opportunity for me to now instead of being in the weeds with like my company Beecher Media Group, which so after Beecher's Madhouse, um, I needed something to do literally, and I'm you know from. 20 years of networking in Hollywood and 
knowing every celebrity and their mother and their sister and their hairstylist and their attorney and their you know accountants and you just you know all everyone you've done parties for them you've hosted them it was just an easy segue to go into doing deal flow and I got trained by the best corporate guys in the world literally the best the, like the best of the best and I loved it and uh, I did it for a while I started one of the, one of the first companies I worked with was Airbnb yeah. um, and their, 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 their whole team is just so incredible like the, the CMO the CFO the CEO and I learned so much doing that that it's like it, it created another business for me, which I didn't know I was going to do, called Beecher Media Group. So I started mm-hmm. consulting for tech companies and advising tech companies. And we, you know, did really, you know, some of the best companies in the world, from Airbnb to Lyft. Um, currently, I'm working with Gemini, which is uh, owned by the Winklevosses, and well, owned by a lot of people now. We just did a big raise, raised four hundred million dollars, which was publicly announced. Wow. And uh, yeah, and the the company's incredible. It's the core values of them are amazing. The brothers that run it are incredible, and just the whole, the entire company. Like everyone's just great people, and that's that's all you really need, you know. When you're happy with work and you're happy with who you're working with, that's you know you you're, you're happy to wake up in the morning, you know. With uh, Gemini, are you uh, into crypto? Do you? Yeah, so you know, representing the company, um, Gemini owns Nifty Gateway, which also is is the premier NFT. Um, yeah. It's like the Sotheby's of NFTs, you know. Mm. They they they're it's an incredible company, and Gemini owns that as well. So I dabble in NFTs. It's if you do NFTs, I tell anyone you gotta do it, and you gotta you gotta buy projects you believe in. It's the same with crypto. You gotta buy. Mm. I've done it all. Like I've done you know running the the waves and getting in and out, and I've lost a lot of money doing that. And I highly suggest you don't do that to anyone. If you're buying a project you believe in, buy it to hold it, mm. and that's it. You know, or or if you think it's going to go up, and you, but just don't trade it because you, if you're not a trader, it's like it's like being a stock trader. If you don't know a stock trade, you're not going to start stock trading your money or trading options. You lo- you lose all your money. Yep. And I've done that also stupidly. You know, I'm not a, I'm not an options trader, but I've lost a lot of money trading options. You know, like yep. so you learn from your mistakes, and I learned my my mistakes personally with with trading crypto was um, was I was trading instead of buying and holding. When I when I bought and held Ethereum, I made a lot of money. You know, even the end of last year, I sold to pay taxes. I made a lot of money with it. But every wow. time I went off of that path of buying and holding in good projects, and I traded, I lost money. So my wow. my advice to anyone is that once you get into crypto, I love this space personally. Um, you know, if you're going to buy something, buy it because you believe in the project and hold it. Like if it's a Bitcoin or an Ethereum or something that's you know like that, that's a real project that's backed by real people, and you can really understand it and you understand what you're doing, then invest in it otherwise don't yeah. don't i wouldn't play with the doji coins and you know the quote-unquote shit coins out there because you, you really get burnt with those badly yeah um that's it but yeah i love the crypto space i love web3 blockchain all the buzzwords yeah it's, yeah it's 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 the new wave of everything everything's gonna be run on that stuff so yeah it's true. just the beginning too like people feel like oh it's two years you know the last few years have been really hot for crypto and for nfts and they think it's like Oh, the bubble burst or the bubbles are like about to burst. No, this is just this is ju- literally just the beginning. It's like the shifting of this is my opinion anyway. I feel it's like it's a shifting when like currency changes every couple hundred years or every couple thousand years. It's that major of a deal. Yeah. So Yeah, know. I mean it it definitely from anyone's perspective, I would say, and especially even looking at the way banks are adopting it, all these different companies are adopting it, bringing them in. Crypto is just the decentralized, you know 
Currency yeah. is it's the way. It has you, to be. You, dude, you got to do it right. Like I, I talk to kids all the time and these kids are like, don't even pay taxes. They think it's like, oh, <sighs> it's something like you, the gut, you have to pay. Like, all right, okay, you, so you have, you have it on a cold flash drive or a hard drive or whatever they, where they keep their their, their you know their yeah. tokens. I'm like, well, how are you going to get, you going to go buy a house with a flash drive? Like, it's just like, it's just stupid. And the, but the, you know, in the kids' defense also, a lot of these kids, they're just young. They don't understand it. You know, but yeah, the, they've never had money before. Yeah, but the IRS is going to teach them very quickly that <laughs> yeah, they, they, you got to pay taxes. Not a lesson you want to learn. Yeah. yeah. So for me, trading, I've learned my lessons. I've lost, I've lost money. I've made money. Luckily, I made more money than I lost, and I now just stick to like really good projects. And, and you know, it's great. Yeah. So that's that's my story with crypto. Um, How has that translated into producing? Because I know you've produced tons of well, shows. Producing, and films you know, and, producing is my passion. You know, it's like. Like live theater. I mean, I've done several thousand um, live theater events. You know, I, I've toured the country. I've done 81 city tour twice over two and a half years. You know, I did my my shows in Vegas, New York, and LA. Um, so it's just it's just about hours, right? Like they say that Matt, what's it, Malcolm Gladwell says, over 10,000 hours, 10, you're an expert, hours, right? Yeah. So I've had, what, 100,000 hours? I don't know what the number is, but of producing live theater. There's nothing harder than live theater. Nothing. Yeah, decades. Nothing, yeah. nothing is harder than live theater. And if you can do that, you can literally do anything. So flip, you know, getting involved with a production crew that's experts at you know, using cameras and you know, turning it to TV or movies or, is, is just easy. So I got into producing when people needed things. So where usually I would just hook things up, I'm like, oh wait, I want to. I'm gonna move to California. Let me build up my IMDb. Let me get into producing. So, I would help out with a movie, or I'd help out with a couple. First, it was a couple specials. Mariah Carey did a Christmas special, so we get my, my venue. Boom, you know, I'm a producer on that. Um, Pitbull needed. He was doing his first New Year's special with uh, Enrique, and it was in Florida. My friend was launching a hotel. Uh, Jay Pritzker and he. Uh, he was launching a Thompson hotel. So we did a whole thing with them and helped coordinate that. Boom, I produced that. You know, and then the Gong Show came online and um, my buddy at ABC and then some of the producers, everyone's like, this has got to be Beecher. It's like, <laughs> you know, literally it's a variety show. It's everything. So like that was my first TV series. That's a lot of work though, a lot of work. And there's a lot of people involved in that stuff. It was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. But I also decided after that, that the next thing I want to do is going to be me. You know, I, I, I helped out again with a couple of different productions along the way with uh, some big names, big people involved. But the next thing I do is going to be the Beecher documentary. Nice. But the Beecher's Madhouse. And then once that's, you know, my, my goal has always been with that is I want, I want to win awards. I want to win awards at the festivals and I want to win an Oscar. You know, I want to win awards for that story because the story is really deep and it's really incredible roller coaster of highs and lows and I love telling it and I'm not ashamed of any of it, both the good and the bad. So once that's a hit, then, you know, let somebody play me and then we'll have a docuseries, hmm. you know. Yeah, I love that idea. That, that, that's kind of, that's what I want to do with my, my last production. I mean, it's such an American dream story, not to like sound cliche, but it, it really is, right? Just climbing the ranks of entertainment and live production and theater. I mean, it's, fascinating and yeah and it's hard you know none of, nothing you know i wish we had hours to talk about it instead of an hour but like nothing's easy you know like all of it's hard it's constant work it's constant you know networking and working and learning your craft and learning how to be a better person and learning how to lead and you know changing with the, your environment like 
you know, let me look at Corona is the best example. Like everything changed. The world changed, power changed, everything shifted. People moved, it just everything changed and you got to change with it. You know, when Corona happened, I, I was working for governments and it was right after Airbnb and I was doing travel for governments. Like I worked for Dominican Republic and- Like the tourism boards kind of? Not even, just it was departments set up to, to help with making destinations hot and cool and popular. Exactly what I do with Airbnb. But for the governments, it was really cool. And I just started it. I mean, it was, I was killing it. It was like three months into it, into 2020. So about six months into doing that stuff. And then Corona hit. And the first, the first line item to go in force majeure is, you know, entertainment marketing and celebrity yeah. travel. So, you know, and then I, I so you got to, you got to adapt, you know. So, um, a company outdoorsy, I started working with, I worked with them for about a year. Um, they're like, you, you know, it's like the Airbnb of our RVs. Mm. Oh right? yeah. So like if you want an RV for the weekend, so I, I knew that was going to go big and the company's killed it and it's doing amazing because people started traveling locally and they wanted to, you know, not be around the people and, you know, and it became a thing. So was it easy to make those transitions between, you know, working with the government, working with the RV company? It's or? just different. I'm just used to it. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like when you're, when you're touring, you never know what the venue you're going to move into next is going to be. So it's like, this is easy. These are professional yeah. companies with, you know, incredible people running them. So it's just like. All right, what's next? What's now? Cool. Yeah, you show know. up and get it done. Do you have any uh, any tools? Because I, I, man, I love watching you on Instagram and your happy and healthy journey, and and it literally it inspires me half the time, or all the time actually, <laughs> like doing the juices, the workouts, all that stuff. Is there? Yeah, you know, the the biggest tools and the reason why I always do it, and my friends always make fun of me, and wherever I go, everyone goes, "Happy healthy, happy healthy." I do it because <laughs> I put it out there because it it keeps me in check. Right, like mm. you going right now, you inspire me. That'll keep me in check. So tonight, yeah. you know, or when I leave here, and I'm, I haven't eaten yet today. I've been so busy at work. Like I had a piece of bread, so maybe mm. I'm not gonna eat that second piece of bread I wanted to eat on the way out today. You know, but when I'm in my zone, and you know, I mean, it's probably everyone. Everyone has their different zone foods and meals and tricks. But mm-hmm. my the best that I have is intermittent fasting. I wake up in the morning, but I do it differently. I don't consider celery juice. Or lemon water. That's great. Um, food. So yeah. some people say, "Oh, you can't," but I'll have a celery juice first thing. I'll drink maybe a green juice or two before lunch, and then I start my lunch at twelve or one, and I eat the, like a breakfast. I'll have like eggs. Um, I'm not vegan anymore. That's a big, mm. big deal. I did. I was vegan for five years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How'd you feel when you were vegan? Um, I actually felt better than I do now. Wow. So I might go back to vegan. It's just a big decision. Yeah, and it's and a big it, commitment, right? It, it's a big commitment. It's a big statement. You can't be like, you know, I, like right now I dabble in and out. I try to to eat mostly vegan, but you know, mostly with, I don't eat cheeses or I stay away from cheeses. I'll leave some vegan cheese, but yeah. anyways, back to my routine. It's lemon water, celery juice first thing in the morning, and then green juices, and then I start eating at twelve or one o'clock. It's great, man. And yeah. you know, I'll try to keep it and cap it out at like six or seven, and then done. That's great. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting, honestly. Yeah, uh, no, it worked. And I've, I've yeah. lost the most weight doing that or maintained. Like, even if you eat a little crappy, you know, if you keep that yeah. schedule, you don't really gain weight. I feel like it's the same thing with producing with a lot of businesses. You know, it's it, there's no one way to do something. Usually when it comes to like entertainment, for example, or even getting in shape, it's what's going to work for you and what's going to make you, what works for your body? How do you, how do you tick? Like what cravings do you have? People don't know the stuff like having OCD is a totally different uh, thing than somebody else to deal with. So if you're just trying to follow 
a simple cookie cutter plan, it's not necessarily going to work as far as longevity. So it's cool to hear, you know, what you do and how you do it and, and what helps you stay consistent, you know, cause I've tried everything, man. <laughs> I have tried everything to figure out what works for me. And then finally I'm like, no, I do feel better when I eat, you know, four or five meals a day and I work out in the morning fasted and uh, you find your little tricks and you kind of, that's kind of what you do. You just build it as you go. But dude, you, the amount of weight you've lost, how you've been able to stay consistent, you know, and even going through the ebb and flows of life, it's, it's badass, dude. I really respect it. Thanks, but I appreciate yeah. it. You know, and there's other little tricks. They're, they're cheesy and they're corny. Like I got my grateful journey, my grateful journey, my grateful journal. Um, you know, this is a really good trick and this is good for like if people are slightly depressed or, or clinically depressed or need to get into a routine, you know, you buy them on Amazon. Um, it's a daily journal and it's your grateful book and you just write the things you're grateful for and it literally in 30 days, it totally either sets your patterns or turns around your head. Wow. And it, worked, it works all the time for me. And every time I fall off of it and like I slip on it, that's when things get a little sloppy. I get yep. back on it. And I just take this journal with me and it just I write in it all the time and it's just here's what I'm grateful for, here's what I could have done better for the day. And just it takes five minutes. It's the yep. easiest thing in the world. I found with that too, there's something about uh because I've done that as well, and I'm a big fan of it, and I'm a big fan of writing just in general. But something about pen to paper, not just texting or whatever it is, but for me, pen to paper, there's like it no, connects there's like, better. There's psychological reasons for the brain and all, yeah. a whole bunch of stuff that's way yeah, yeah. above my third grade. <laughs> level well uh, i dropped out of college too so i'm right there with you man <laughs> but yeah no but it works and it's like you know that's and then cardio you always got to be moving you know yep when i'm in zone i get a minimum ten thousand steps a day no matter what wow yeah even if you don't get a workout in and get ten thousand steps yeah, that's awesome man. you know when i'm really in the zone i'll go to 20 um you know i'm about to go on a 90 day like hardcore put on social put myself out there so that i'm accountable mm -hmm. you know workout plan so, yeah, that's that was one thing I found, you know, even being in front of with social media or being in the public eye or whatever it is, is I never realized how many people are watching or how many people in your immediate life uh, it affects and you can being consistent with that and exactly playing off of their expectations or, or whatever it is uh, to keep you accountable. It's huge, man. Yeah, I, I even started a charity for, um, um, I don't know if it's called that, it's either the Jeff Beecher Foundation or the Happy Healthy Foundation, I don't remember what, and then it wanted being maybe it's DBA or they have both names. I don't know, but mm. we pay for stomach surgeries and wow. we all, it's, it's, it's the charities for to pay for stomach surgeries for people that can't afford it. And we also do health education, which we haven't started yet, but I just haven't had time to really dive into this, but that's a big passion of mine because awesome. Yeah. Because it's, you know, people don't realize that people think obesity is like, Oh, come on, you know, don't be lazy, get up and run. It's, it's so much more. It really yeah. starts with mental. When people ask me how I lost the weight, I said, I started with therapy. Because that's the real answer, you know. Yeah. When I when I October two thousand fourteen, I reached a peak of weight, and I, I we guesstimated it was around four forty, and I checked into this vegan camp in Florida, and I was there for thirty days. I lost like fifty sixty pounds or something, but I I went started going to therapy, which I never did, and it was just one session. Boom! I remember going in. It was all dark outside, and. I was just angry and I remember coming out and birds are chirping and like leaves are falling and I was happy. And I was like, wow, that was good. It was a good session. It worked. And then the weight just flew off. That's awesome. Yeah. And then that's what, that's what I tell people. You got to like, you know, figure out therapy, meditation, guided meditation. Like the stuff works. Yeah. It really works. It's, it's a pain and it's like, it's, it's very time consuming. Like 
you can get caught up in like the whole health bubble and be spending six, eight hours a day on health stuff. And you're like, how do you earn a living? Yeah. But, you know, so you got to figure it out. I mean, it's like you got to get up a couple hours earlier. And you got to work on it, especially if you have problems. If you have mental problems, you have physical problems, you're overweight, you know, you did that to yourself. So now you got to help your body fix it. Yeah. It takes time to get there and it takes time to undo you know, it too. People say like, oh, you're too extreme. Like I'm about to go 90 days of hardcore like pure health and I'm starting that in about two weeks or maybe mm. three because of my travel schedule but I'm going to be based in my house I got the cryo machine I ordered like I got the oxygen machine like yeah I'm going to be hardcore and it's, maybe it's extreme for some people but I also beat my body up for 20 years you know mm. drinking vodka red bulls and you know eating pizzas three four nights a week you know it was like I really I really hurt my vehicle my body so I got to yeah. do it do it overly do it right before it so it doesn't fail on me you know yeah, yeah. What's well, also impressive, like, you know, doing all those incredible healthy habits and making that transformation while you're running companies and finding a, founding a VC firm and just working with so many different people. I mean, that's like the hardest thing for me, at least, is work and health balance, right? Like finding that balance between the two. But to be as busy as you are and to focus on health so much, I mean, it's impressive. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, man. And uh, what can we uh, look forward to you? Or look forward to from you? Well, I have a, a new business I'm starting um, in about a year, which we're putting together now. Mm. Can't talk about it yet, but it's, right. it's really exciting. We'll get you it, back it, in. It gets, it gets all my juices flowing. All and it's entertainment based. It's making people laugh, giving people great content, and it's really wholesome. It's really clean. It's fun for the whole family, but it's also like you like you can go on a date. You can go yourself. You can take your grandma. Like it's hmm. it's gonna be a really cool new form of entertainment. Um, it's been done certain ways, but not the way that we're doing it. Awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be really cool. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna attach you know real life brick and mortar to the metaverse and wow yeah it's, yeah it's well very exciting. We'll get you in on a in a year and talk about it again. Done. That's awesome, man. Looking forward to it. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you, Beecher. All right. Thank you, buddy. All Appreciate right. it. Thanks for tuning in to Studio 22. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Hey, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. 
from memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long. Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.